What's going on, everybody? You are now tuned in to the Gridiron Guys podcast with your boy, Sean Pesos. And your boy, Russ Digi. What's going on, Russ? Nothing much, brother. How you doing? I'm good. A little sad, but I'm good. All right. <laughs> I'm good. You know I'm good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I already know. I already know. It's been a lot of shit going on this week. Yeah, this was probably one of the best weekends of the of the year when it comes to playoff football because it blends in perfectly having the divisional round and the national championship just roll in. It's kind of like a dope Monday nighter to cap it all off. So and you know what's crazy? We didn't even mention it last week. I yeah, forgot all about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, because the buildup is so crazy with bowl season, it's like it starts the the day after Christmas and then it's just like it's still going. Like, you know what I mean? So sometimes yeah, it can slip going. your mind. Definitely. Well, where you want to start, sir? I think we can go ahead and start with a recap of the national championship. Just our thoughts on it real quick. And then we okay. can flow into the recaps of the games. All right. So well, did you stay up for the game? I, I watched bits and pieces because I was running around. Okay. So well, from what I saw, those LSU boys is locked in. Yeah, it was interesting, man. Well, first off, we'll go ahead and say congratulations to the LSU Tigers for winning the national championship. Most um, definitely. 42-25, I believe, was the score. Yeah. Um, it sounded like it was more of a route if you just check the score, but it was a pretty tight game early. In fact, Clemson took like a commanding lead. When I say commanding, I mean they took control of the game, not necessarily like anything crazy, but they went uh they went up 17 to 7 and then LSU responded and once they responded, man, they just they went on a roll. They got on a roll. Yeah. I think they had what 28 unanswered. Yep. Once when close, I checked in, it was 28-17. I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, man. That was definitely a good game, man. Um, Joe Burrow, man, he, he really rolled the dice, you know what I mean, and so far as betting on himself, leaving Ohio State, you know, going to another program, not necessarily having success, but still believing in himself and putting together, you know, as the media may say, the best season of college football. Um, yeah, they said that. That's been spewed all day today. Yeah, it has been. And, and, you know, it's funny because, you know, I get tired of, you know, people saying things for hyperbole in this day and age. And we're going to get to that when it comes to the playoff games in the Mm -hmm. NFL. But sometimes, you know, you just got to let something live as being dope. I feel like when we came up, man, you know, it was all right to just have a lot of stuff that was ill, but not necessarily just ready to crown something as the greatest. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was. You know? It had time to live and, you know, Exactly. But um, congratulations to Burrow, though, man, because he really did his thing. And it wasn't just him, but you could definitely see that he had the leadership and the poise to come in and win a national championship. And that was, it's, it's dope, man. I know you don't like the Saints, but what I will no, say is New Orleans is probably the best place, in my opinion, to have a sporting event because in the South, one, they know how to party. But New Orleans in general just knows how to celebrate. So it's just a double whammy when it's like their team. And I mean, that's yeah. clearly LSU country. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of it's like a home game, in my opinion. Kind of ain't even that. That's a lie. That's understand. It was, bro. They the oh, media tried to okay. play it like that. But I mean, you think about it like this, right? No mm-hmm. matter how much orange you put in the stadium, every native that works there, every local that does anything around the Superdome, that's Tiger country, bro. You know what I'm saying? When they when yeah. they get out of their game and they go down Bourbon Street and they walk in, that's all Tiger country. LSU Tigers, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it was definitely a home game in my opinion. And uh, yeah. it was dope. It was, it was a good game, man. I stayed up. It was the longest fucking game ever. 
because <laughs> college football found a way to do it. That game started at like eight o'clock, bro. Like the pageantry did, and then it didn't go off until twelve twenty, and that's the game. That's not the, oh shit. It or Dron and all them talking and all that shit. No, in the bro, post that, game and all that. Man, that thing was on on. I'm like, my god. <laughs> but see, for people that didn't have to get up super duper early, they stayed up and watched the whole shit. You, on the other hand, have to be up at an ungodly hour. My God, and and I was at work hurting, and I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> that's real. But yeah, but that's pretty much all I got on that game, man. So you know, I don't know if you had any extra words on it or not. I'm just, I want to see is Trevor Lawrence coming out this year? No, he's not eligible yet. Oh, I keep forgetting this. It's only his second year. Yeah, man. That's right. Yeah. Mm, okay. So I wonder where Joe Burrow is going to go, because I know he's coming out. Well, I mean, you got to bet on him, man. I mean, he's from Ohio. That's why he went to Ohio State. The Bengals got the number one pick. He almost looked dumb if you don't pick him. But this is the Bengals we're speaking of. I mean, trust me, if I'm Joe Burrow, I mean, maybe he does want to go there because he's a hometown kid. I mean, it's not his hometown hometown, but it's, but his it's home like home state. state right. Yeah, for sure. But to me, man, I wouldn't want to go there neither. I mean, shoot. There's other teams that I'd rather go to Vegas with the Raiders or somebody. Like, right. pass up on me. <laughs> Let right. me sit behind their car. I could see him going to a... Maybe in Miami. Bro, we wish. He's going number one. He threw for 463 yards. Yeah, he went crazy. 59, ran for five. I mean, threw for five TDs. Like, he's, that, man, you're going to look like an idiot if you don't draft him. And you need a quarterback. You know what I mean? You know, I could honestly see with the whole Tom Brady thing going on, I could see him going there. Mm, in a way, yes. I, I, it's hard to say, man. The bravado that he brings is a little different, but it's going to be interesting just to see what Bill Belichick wants to do in general because none of his quarterbacks have ever been like the same. Like from him drafting Ryan Mallett, that not working out, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett, you know, and they had Tebow four times. You know what I'm saying? Like he, yeah, he had everybody. So you never know what what direction Bill's gonna go. So I wouldn't rule it out. That's that's possible. Yeah, um, I'm excited for next season as far as college football is concerned. Yeah, yeah. I want to see how, how our canes grow. You know, who's gonna step up to make a run at the college football playoff? You know, I mean, it's gonna be tough, man. I say this. I hope there's more parity in college football. Over the next decade, you know, if it's 2020 starting fresh, you know, hopefully it's not a whole bunch of dynasties, man. You know, I'd like to see somebody, you know, like a round robin for at least five years of, ooh, this person won, this team won, that program won, you know? Yeah, but the NCAA, it really doesn't work like that, especially with football, especially with the way they vote. It's like well, if vote, it's not a vote. maximum of five teams. Yeah, voting matters. I mean, you're always going to see the the big names in there. Don't get me wrong. Ohio State's going to be present. As long as Dabo's there, Clemson's going to be present. Of course, Alabama's Alabama. But w- what I'm saying is it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt to have another team win it. You know what I mean? No, it wouldn't. Like if Georgia I mean, could pull it off that one year, even if you don't believe in them being a dynasty, it's kind of right. fresh that, that, you know, if they happen that way. Even with LSU <clears throat> winning, they haven't won in years. So exactly. That's what made it so exciting. I'm definitely with that. But let's get on to this NFL weekend because, boy, it was it was it's a lot being being done on these weekend games. 
Man, it was so exciting, man. It was, it was so shocking in some ways, too. I mean, you know, man, I'm a firm believer, man. You got to man up, man. You do. You, <laughs> you do. When it's time you, to go ball, you, you got to strap up and go. Yeah, man, you knew the game was happening, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know what up. stood out to me was the, just a lack of coaching adjustments. All right. Well, we can start off with that, but I got a, I got a reason why I think a lot of these coaching adjustments aren't really happening because I feel okay. like they're actually being led by the players. It's only a few coaches in the, in the playoffs right now that I look at as coaches. The rest of them are just riding the success. So who do you deem as a coach? Out of I, mean, the... I definitely look at Kyle Shanahan as a coach. All right. Is that bias aside? No, I always thought Kyle Shanahan was a good old coordinator. Like, it's any team that ever got Kyle Shanahan after the Redskins, I kind of looked at like, okay, that offense might start clicking, you know. And with y'all, I think it just manifested in itself into a way that he was going to get a coaching position. I was hoping yeah. we got him, but if he went anywhere else, I would have given him that same kind of respect. We all know Bill O'Brien can't coach. All right. We'll get to him in a second. The John Harbaugh situation is a different situation because I don't view that as a coaching thing. I view that as a personnel thing. All right. Andy Reid. I like Andy Reid offensively, but that doesn't help him as a head coach. A lot of that stuff was mistake driven, but to a certain degree, he's riding the success, too. <laughs> oh, he definitely is riding the success. Yeah, because right. When he had Alex Smith as a QB, he had none of this going on. Mike Grable is coaching. He is. <laughs> he's coaching, bro. <laughs> he's built. He's Bill Belichick out here right now. I mean, yeah, maybe because Bill Belichick don't really be coaching like that to me. But that's a different. That's a different conversation. Okay, we'll we'll bring that up another day. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not that I think he's a weak coach, right? Mm-hmm. But for all of the things that we hear about cheating and for all of the stuff that comes out, it's easy to scheme up something when you when got you- the answers to the test. You know, it's so funny how everybody in the sports world is in an uproar about the Astros. Right. And I'm an uproar, but I'm a Yankees fan. So but, as you should be. But why don't people have that same vitriol for the Patriots? It's the people same People do thing. it. It's just that the national media doesn't nah, give them that same smoke. Right. And that's what I mean. When I say people, I mean the media because they're the ones that are fourth estate. They're the ones that are supposed to put the pressure on. You know what I mean? So don't have your segments on the Astros if you're not going to talk about the Patriots with the same vitriol and the same animosity. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. So, and they talk about the Patriots like in passing. Like, yeah, this happened. Yeah. Well, now why let's isn't move on everybody to else, else doing it? How come everybody else isn't cheating as good as New England? Hey, yeah, it's funny then, but in baseball, you sad you want to cry. Nah, fuck it. Right. Don't true. vacate one World Series. Don't put an asterisk in nothing. They want them. They cheated. They won. The Patriots cheated. They won. And we look at their Super Bowls. Tom Brady's, quote unquote, the fake GOAT because he got six Super Bowls. But half shit. of those Super Bowls, he played like shit. Let's keep it honest. Half of them, he played like shit and they cheated in all of them. And that's real. <laughs> Listen, please don't get me started. I just had a flashback. (laughs) But I'll say this, man. You know, let's get it cracking on these games, man. Let me know which one you want to start with first. Let's start with the Titans game. Let's start there. Okay. I think that was the biggest surprise of the weekend. All right. Now, going into this, we knew Derrick Henry was going to be Derrick Henry. Yeah. But me personally, I figured, like, okay, you key in on Derrick Henry. Contain him as much as you can and make Tannehill beat you. You should be able to win with that. Because they had a formidable defense, so so we thought. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, these teams are basically evenly matched. 
Mm-hmm. And Lamar Jackson is the X factor. Mm-hmm. So they can slow him down a tad. They might have a chance to stay in it. But as you brought up, Mike Vrabel coached his ass off. Mike, Mike Vrabel coached his ass off. But I still say this. Tannehill threw for what, 80-something yards? 86 to be exact. 86 yards. And Derrick Henry rushed for 195. If I were to tell you that, that those were the stats, would you believe Tennessee won that game? Even giving no, you Lamar stats. Even giving you Lamar stats for not passing over 300 and rushing for 150. You thought that was an automatic win? You, I would have thought it was an automatic win. And I think the main thing was, I mean, of course, I mean, obviously it's math, but it was not being able to cash in in the red zone. I mean, they yeah. have, they, they, it's not like the Titans put up a crazy amount of points that couldn't have been, you know, surpassed. You know, it was 28 points. You can't win no playoff game putting up 12 points, man. And you can't you can't win playoff games. Hell, you can't win regular season games turning the ball over. Exactly. But I mean, that's what happens when you put a person in position to be Superman, you know? True. Now that I'm thinking, well, that was my take on it. What was your take on it? Well, my take on it was they initially got smacked in the mouth. This will be a common theme through this podcast, but I'm a firm believer that you have to take a shot down the field whenever you're down, man. Put the onus on the referees because pass interference could be called or a play can be made at any point in time. For some reason, the Ravens just weren't trying to take the top off enough for me. Now, there was a lot of drops. I think they said it was like about six good drops. I saw about three or four easily, but I wasn't like keeping a a real count of them all. I just felt like Tennessee came to play their game and Baltimore definitely didn't play their game. And that's why I picked Baltimore to win because I expected them to play their game. Tennessee found a way to make it ugly. We knew they were going to run the ball. No, no way in the world you're supposed to let anybody rush 495 yards. But if you hold the, the playoffs, nah, but if you hold the quarterback to 86, man, you could reverse those numbers if the quarterback threw for 195 and somebody rushed for 86, it still don't look good. You hear what I'm saying? So right. no way, shape, or form were those numbers insurmountable in so far as determining a win or not. I just think that the Tennessee defense hasn't gotten the credit that it deserved over the season, even to my, you know, negligence. <clears throat> you know what I honestly feel? With the Baltimore specifically, I, I figured, yeah, they're going to come in and play their game, but once their original game plan wasn't working, they didn't know how to adjust to it and come up with another, another option, another well, way. Well, that's personnel, though. True. Because you think about it, Mark Ingram came in with a calf injury. Nobody wants to mention that for real because that sounds like an excuse. He doesn't really have, like, receivers that could take the top off of the defense other than Hollywood, and respectfully, Hollywood's young. Like Right. And he's not really, like, built for that yet. Yeah. Not that kind of work. And then you got mad tight ends and even Andrews was hurt. So it's kind of like you put it on Lamar. And for all this flack Lamar is catching, if you look at his numbers, what did you want him to do? Want him throw it and go catch it? Right. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what else. It. You want him to run the ball, he ran for over 100. You want him to throw the ball, he, he threw for over 300. You know? I, I, I don't know what he could do. It's the fact that he wasn't able to throw touchdowns and you can't throw touchdowns when people aren't beating people and people are dropping the ball. And the one thing I didn't like was all the QB rushes. I didn't mm-hmm. like, like, okay, you're going to get him killed doing that. Like, I know that's what you've been doing all season. It's been your bread and butter. It's been working. But this is the playoffs. They have tons and tons of film. Yeah. Like, when I was watching, I noticed they would send the blitz 
mm-hmm. to get him out of the pocket, but they will also have a backer on the spy to keep right. him contained. Exactly. And they were and they weren't breaking contain. When they no. were rushing, they weren't rushing to, to actually tackle him. They were just rushing to keep him in that pocket. Right. That's why Jarrell Casey was able to run all the way around the world, then strip him for the fumble, but from behind. Right. And the only reason why he had that ball was because he couldn't run straight through because they didn't contain. And two, nobody was open. Right. Um, Need separation. Yeah, and that's personnel. He can't he can't get separation for you. <laughs> I don't I don't blame him. I, I don't blame him at all either, to be honest. Yeah. I mean he Hell, he got him there. Damn near. Oh, for sure. He he lost, but it's just like a regular loss to me. It's not like a it's your fault loss like they're trying to put on them. But you know. Oh boy, they are slandering Lamar like it's ridiculous. Man, you know the media hop on the dick faster than a two dollar hoe in this age. Cause I swear Lamar was the flavor of the month and then like Patrick Mahomes just rose from the dead like the Undertaker. But we we knew that was coming though. We saw that coming yeah, in. Yeah, we yeah. saw that coming. Not in the fashion that it happened. We definitely saw that coming. Cause you said it one week, I think it was maybe two weeks ago. You're like, don't sleep on Patrick. He's gonna come up. Oh, y'all forgot yeah, about him. I knew he was coming, man, because I'm gonna be honest with you. If they were to play the Ravens, I was going to pick them. I was going to pick mm-hmm. the Chiefs, you know. Now, they had me scared for a little second, you know. Well, since, had, we, since we're on the Chiefs, let's get to that game, too, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. I'm up here sick win on, on accident. Hey, that's how it happened. That's, that's where the magic happens. <laughs> yep. So, um, yeah, this game turned out to be a... A crazy game. End score was the final score was fifty one to what? I'm twenty. Slipping. I want to say twenty eight. No, no, it was fifty one. It was fifty one thirty one. Fifty two thirty one. Fifty two thirty one. All right. Yeah, yeah. So this game was the funniest game. Like, did you you started watching this like immediately? Too. I, I didn't watch the entire game. Okay. All right. So, how did you feel when all of the mishaps happened? And Houston was up 24 nothing. I was like, wow, they really about to fuck this up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, they really about to take these boys out. And then Bill O'Brien started to Bill O'Brien. Oh, Texas yeah. fans know what that means. In fact, I have to rewind. When I say uh-huh. 24 nothing, it really should be how did you feel when it was 21 nothing? Because I feel like the the first mistake Bill O'Brien made was not going for it on fourth down and kicking that field goal. Yeah, yeah, he definitely should have went for that. Like, at least I'll try to apply the pressure to keep him on their heels. Even if you don't get it, you still got to, you know, you got the mind frame, like, yeah, we went for it. We believe in our team. Let's go. Now, the funniest part about that whole situation was when you looked at the replay, which led to fourth down, it looked like Houston had earned the first down and they got a bad spot. Mm-hmm. But the NFL rule book says that if you challenge, it has to be a first down or or you lose the challenge. Like you can't challenge like the spot for like extra yardage, but you can challenge the spot for extra yardage if it's going to net you a first down. So right. even if they spotted it closer and still say it's inconclusive, then it would have been a poor challenge. So challenging wasn't really the smartest play. The only play would have been, of course, to go for it or take the points. My thing about going for it when you're in your own red zone, especially like if you're damn near on the goal line, even if you're like on the 11, you know what I'm saying, 11-yard line and in, 
when you have a prolific offense that you're playing against, I always feel like even if you don't get it, at least they have to come back 89, 90 plus yards to try to, you know, get you're, they're gonna, you're gonna have more opportunities to not to exactly. get a three and out or get a turnover. Exactly. So to me, it's like it's not a critical point in the game. It's early in the game. That's when you can take the risk. Right. And you're up. Even right. if you fuck up, you still have a good cushion. You're up three touchdowns. On the road, no less. Right. And the the crowd is quiet. Dead I ain't seen so many people looking that sick. They were looking disgusted in the crowd. I was looking sick, and I'm not even a fan, because that was not the beginning I was thinking of. Like, okay, it's going to be a shootout. Oh, no. What I was thinking is, it would be amazing to see Tennessee versus Houston, and everybody be wrong, and Deshaun Watson gets an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl, because I'm thinking Deshaun can beat them. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at it. I'm not counting Pat out because on one hand, my mind is just running through all these scenarios. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, Pat Mahomes does have the ability to come back through the duration of the game. Like they're only down 24. If they could get a score on the board, hold them to maybe a field goal score again, you know, you're in strike. See, that's the thing there with that defense. It's a what if. It is, but I'm thinking like, okay, they didn't score by just driving down the field. Like, it's a series of unfortunate events that happened. You know, right. in addition to everybody on Kansas City just dropping every ball, including Kelsey. Like, that first drive just looked disgusting. It felt like yeah, it everybody looked, Patrick Mahomes threw the ball to just dropped it. It looked like everybody was still on chill mode. Yeah, man, definitely. So, not thinking. Sorry to cut you off, but thinking about that yeah. Tennessee Houston matchup, that would have been that would have been a storyline there. Oh, just yeah. because was, of the history. It was there. It was right there for the taking. You know what I mean? Like, but the craziest part about it, which I really, really love, man, I love seeing like leadership on the sideline during a game in like crisis moments mm-hmm. and seeing Pat Mahomes walk up and down there telling them one play at a time let's be special let's go out there and do it let's go not get sit, it let's go get it not pulling a Cam Newton and putting a towel over your head not distancing yourself away from everybody on the bench talking to everyone on your part your, your side of the ball looking at them in the face Man, Giving them that vote of confidence. Like, hey, man, we that, do this that, shit. That leadership right there is second to none, man. Hey, how long? He's been in the league, what, three years now, four years? This, this is his third season right here. He sat one with Alex Smith, had an MVP he, season, and this is his third. And he's just getting started. That's the scariest thing. It is scary, man. But at the same time, man, hearing all these people, you know, in the media and whatnot, you know, jump back on his nuts is cool. Some of these people mm-hmm. are taking it too far. They're saying he's the greatest talent they've ever seen. They're saying he could go down as the greatest quarterback of all time. It's like everybody's in a rush to be first. Before I do all that for him, he's got to win, bro. Like, and he's got to have more than, than a couple of a good seasons. Yeah, you, you got to have more than just exciting play on the field because that's what he is, exciting. You know what I mean? But we've seen plenty of players exciting in their own right. One you know of them used mean? to play for my squad. Exactly. Yeah. Shit, one exactly. of them used to play for your squad. Exactly. So at the end of the day, it's like, we're going to see, and I'm not indicting him on this. I'm not challenging him. I'm not rooting for him to fail. Mm-hmm. It's just before I put that kind of praise on that man, I want to go ahead and see him do more. So with all that said, 
In the second quarter, it was like 10 minutes to go. They uh, they, get they a woke good, up. Uh, yeah, they definitely got a good return. They scored a touchdown. I can't remember if the next thing was the muff punt or the, the muff kickoff return. Or the, yeah, the, not it was muff. muff. It, was a muff it was a fumble kickoff. The fumble kickoff return. They threw a wheel route and they scored. <laughs> and then they score again, and he pretty much ate the entire deficit. In three in, minutes. In, in three minutes, and then took the lead by the end of the second quarter. Now, I'm looking at, and all this is going on, I'm looking at Houston like, yo, are y'all going to put up a fight? Like, I know I know Deshaun was in there fighting, but I'm like, yo, you got to call better plays. Like, get some momentum back. Like, you have well, no rhythm right now. Well, in that in that situation, it was it was very unfortunate because in most cases, I feel like Deshaun doesn't have enough to do certain things, right? But with Will Fuller playing and DeAndre Hopkins being there, you have enough to figure something out. And you got a decent run game. And that's where I fought Bill O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Yep, and you got the decent run game, of course, but that's where I fought Bill O'Brien the most. It's not because you couldn't stop the bleeding defensively. It was like offensively, you just stopped putting up points and you have the weapons to do so. Like even if you're putting up field goals, you're still putting up something. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like it might not be not might not be coming down scoring touchdowns, but you're still putting pressure on the defense. Exactly. And even when you get a field goal, you know, they, they're taking a deep breath because they think they held you to that field goal. You could score at any moment. But the minute you just stop scoring, you know, it just it, it, you're no threat. And then the defense folded, too, because you held them 24-0. And then now they just going with it. Yeah. I mean, the defense, the defense is in a different situation. They're in a difficult situation because they're really not that good. You know, no, they're not. JJ Watt came back. JJ Watt definitely was inspirational against Buffalo, but you know, no, that's Buffalo. Buffalo. That's Buffalo. You know, what they saying? just that's don't not... have the offensive firepower. Exactly. So you can look like a stout defense, and hell, they were even down sixteen nothing on them. You know, that is so true. They... So at the end of the day, it's not, you know, they, they're they're going to need to put some weapons around Deshaun Watson if they're not going to fire Bill O'Brien. They definitely need to figure it out by getting him some more people. Who's the OC? Bill O'Brien? Is he calling the offensive plays? No. I'm not sure. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. And the D coordinator is Romeo Cornell. I think it's time. Uh, I like Romeo, but. Yeah, it's time to go. It's, it's about that time. Yeah, Playboy, 72 years old, and they getting smoked. You got to go get somebody, man. Yeah, y'all, no, this is, once again, well, maybe it's a little disrespectful to, both, to Buffalo, but you, you're down 16 yeah. to Buffalo, and they don't have that many weapons. Yeah. That's an issue. Yep. Yeah. They might need some fresh blood in the front office, period, and down there in mm-hmm. Houston. They do, man. They need to shake it up somehow, some way. If, unless you want to waste Deshaun Watson and nobody ever. And that's what I do not want to see. Exactly. Nobody ever wants to see wasted talent. Because he is a hybrid. I mean, beyond but beyond being that, which he definitely is a hybrid, he has leadership. Out of all the young QBs that we have in the game, I just praise Pat Mahomes for having leadership or showing leadership in that game. But Deshaun Watson, out of all of them, has the most leadership to me, the best leadership qualities, you know, having the experience and the pedigree in college and winning a national championship to actually being able to lead 
a good team or lead a team in spite of their head coach not being that good. You know, right. you don't want to waste that. Well, now this. It's down to one black quarterback, man. I mean, yeah, yeah. Had a chance for two, but it's down to one now. Yeah, for sure. So let's get to the NFC side of things. All right. You want to tackle your squad's game or you want to tackle the Seahawks game? No, we can go ahead and talk about the Seahawks. We can talk about the Seahawks and the uh, Packers. Okay, well, I was watching that game and I just felt bad for Russell. <laughs> Oh no! Seriously, like he's another one with not enough weapons. Uh, yeah, yeah, the beast mode thing was cool, nah, but it's not cool. effective. That shit ain't cool. Well, well you would say that. Well, all due respect. No, I say that shit ain't cool because it, it's just not. It's not. Um, how can I say this? It doesn't seem like a great expectation to, to have a dude that's out of retirement come in on the last week of the season and think that he's going to be able to carry you through the playoffs. The surprise of that team and the bright spot of that team is the fact that you got Travis Homer doing the work that he was doing. Right. You know, he really he really put forth a great effort. But Beast Mode was just was basically a goal linebacker, you know? Yeah. You know, he wasn't a workhorse that you'd be able to, you know, take there. And, you know, Tyler Lockett, to me, Tyler Lockett's a little overrated. I feel like people give Tyler I'm Lockett I'm so props. glad you said that. I'm so <laughs> glad. Because, <laughs> because Russell Wilson is is making it happen. You know what I mean? He makes him look good. I've been saying yeah. for years, Tyler Lockett was never that guy. It's just that yeah. Russell Wilson puts the ball into some unbelievable places. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And when you're a speedster and, you know, running around and you see Russell Wilson improvise, all you got to do is break away from that corner that's tired of chasing you. And get that open spot. Yeah. And if your hands are worth anything, that's a free catch right there. And with the play breaking down like that, you're going to get some yak. Yeah, for sure. So one or two missed tackles, you can take it to the house. For sure. Yeah. I think DK Metcalf is a good weapon, but I don't I don't think his ability and knowledge of the playbook is where it may be in like three years, you know, or year three. So two years from now, he may be more of a threat, but he's just he's too. He's warming up. Yeah. And and he's just predictable, like the routes he's running. They're nowhere near like what Julio Jones does. Right. Or or A.J. Green. Like they're a problem. Like they're big. Well, I can't even I can't even compare D.K. to those guys. Those guys have been in the league forever. But that's how they tried to play. They tried to play it like he was going to be a Julio Jones just because he's big and his combine was crazy. And he was Mm -hmm. freakishly athletic. So that's all I have to go by. He's not a speedster. You know what I mean? So you got to find a way to run routes and use your height to your advantage. And truth be told, I can see him just being a bigger Michael Thomas. I mean, but can he even be Michael Thomas? Because that's kind of like what I'm talking about. Michael Thomas is able to run these underneath routes and catch everything that's thrown his way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. DK Metcalf is fast enough to get away from people. I just don't think he has a plethora of routes to do it. And shooting on the Philadelphia Eagles defense ain't nothing to be proud of. You know, yeah, he got 160 yards and he was one of the first rookies to blah, blah, blah. But it was the Eagles, bro. Like, (laughs) but, you know, people still give Eagles that shit because they won two years ago. They were getting cooked this year. Their DBs were horrible. I I saw it firsthand. I know. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, at the end of the day, I just kind of look at the situation with Russell Wilson. I agree with you. I mean, I'm not sorry about it. I don't want him to ever have no weapons. But I don't think right, that, right. His, uh, that his weapons are that good. 
And I kind of feel like, like, you know, Aaron Rodgers and them jumped out early on him. And when you jump out early on the team, sometimes it's a little hard to hold that lead. You know what I mean? But I'll just say it right now for the record, and this isn't just the Aaron Rodgers skill set. He just ain't a killer no more like that. And that's not something that I'm saying will haunt me. Like, what if he does? What if they beat us this week? You know, mm-hmm. if they beat us this week, it is what it is, but it's not going to be due to him. He's starting to, ball, to ball. slow down now. Yeah. Exactly. He has to pick his spots. Like the yeah. the Aaron Rodgers of three years ago when he was dropping on a dime 40 yards downfield, it's mm-hmm. not there like it used to be. Well, not only that, we're looking at some of those yards. He had like 243 yards passing for the game, right? right. Devontae Adams had 160 of those. And on one of those plays, Devontae Adams just made some shit happen. <laughs> like, he made his own route. Like <laughs> No, it was the right route. It's just the DB got cooked. Of course the DB got cooked, but I'm just saying, in general, he made those yards happen. Like, yeah. that was hella yak. It was, it was, yeah, it was. It was. That it was, was just that, crazy. Those, those. That cornerback in the room over there in Seattle is, needs a revamp. That was, that was Flowers. He flowers got, got shook, shook like out that. his cleats. And yeah, then bro. didn't even make the tackle. Like, nope. At least get a finger on him. Nope. If he's going to get burned like that. My man cooked you. Stop. Horse collars. Do something. Change directions <laughs> and, and, and ran past you. And the safety was like, oh, get yeah. him over here late. Yeah. They were all they were all done. They were all frozen. You know what I mean? So I mean at the end of the day, I thought uh I thought Green Bay could win this game just because Seattle was so depleted and they had to travel and it was cold outside. What I will say about Russell Wilson, in addition to being super elusive, that's a tough dude, man, because in this game he was, he was getting, getting destroyed, boy. He was getting smacked. Picked up, dragged. I thought one time they had fucked his leg up. He just got right back up, <laughs> made the first down sign. Yeah, they they, they rolled on the back of his leg. That was nasty. Yeah, man. I just knew. I knew he was hurt, man. My man got up like it was nothing wrong. You gotta respect, dude, one. man, because he only like what six one. Shit, no. <laughs> they, they, if that, they try to make him that. They try to list him at six feet. Because about five ten, five eleven at best, which I ain't short. You know what I'm saying? So but he's my height, running around getting smoked. Man, bro, it, bro, out there just killing. I ain't, yo, all respect always goes to him. You know what I mean? If he ever had some real players, oh my God. That shit was yeah, tragic. It would. Yeah. But Seahawks going home. Mm hmm. They going fishing. Good. <laughs> I, res- I respect that answer. You sound like me last week. Hey, man, good. Get out of here. See y'all. Uh, come sit on the couch with us, Seahawks. Mm hmm. So let's get to this Seahawks game, and then I'm gonna go on my rant from here. You mean this 49ers game? Well, you, you yeah, yeah, 49ers. My bad. So where you wanna start with this one? Hey man, it's real simple, man. It was the first game of the of the weekend. That's my squad. I was super amped. I was ready for it. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Let's stop right there. People listening, this guy hit the group chat with ferocity. <laughs> Never in my days. Now, as long as I've known him, he ain't never been this. He don't get this air for hurricane games. Hey, bro. <laughs> it's real. It is super real. I had I was, to, I had to, yo, hey, he was talking hella shit, y'all. You just don't know. Hey, man, my, my boy, he, uh, 
is a Vikings fan, man. Shout out mm-hmm. to my boy Greg, and uh, we talk to work. Every, we talk at work every day. You know what I mean? And um, you know, we ain't really we ain't really talk too much smack. You know, leading into it, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, you representing your boys, but you know, you don't get dirty with it. And I'll tell you the type of football fan I am, right? I like the game of football for what it is, right? So I'll never be irrational. I'll never take credit from your squad. Even if I feel like we lost on some bullshit, I'll say we lost on some bullshit, but that ain't the only play, you know, in the game that lost it for us, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a specific time where I can get on your nerves, and that is during the game. Or especially when shit is going wrong. Man, I turn it on. Like, as soon as the kickoff happens, I'm just on your ass. Because that's the only time I'm going to get to talk. You right. know, that's the only time you can you can make it live. You know what I mean? So, that's what I was doing, man. I was just I was just giving them hell, man. And, you know, the game started off. Uh, started off pretty good. And marched downfield. And we scored, whatever. And I'm I'm feeling good. And I know my defense is doing well and we're cool. And there's a third and two play in which they throw the ball to Stephon Diggs. My cornerback a Kilo Weatherspoon falls down and they score a touchdown. And I am hot with a Kilo Weatherspoon. Well, this is where good coaching comes in. Unfortunately for a Kilo Weatherspoon, he was coming back from an injury and he was a little rusty. That got him benched. And from that point on, Kirk Cousins had nobody to throw to. <laughs> Yeah, Thielen and Diggs went <laughs> agent silent zero. I'm they like, where got, are these guys? They got shut down. In addition to them getting shut down, my defense, the defense that I talked about since the preseason, before since the, the premiere episode, since the premiere episode, shut Dalvin Cook down. All he was getting down. cooked. For lack of a better word. He was useless. And to make it sweeter was the fact that he came from Florida State. So I had no love for this dude. No? (laughs) Fuck him. Damn right. So we proceeded to go ahead and, you know, do our thing. The only points they had were 10 points. We went 27 to 10. We pretty much ran the ball to death with Tevin Coleman, which was a beautiful thing to see because... Speak for yourself. Um, well, of course. But the beautiful part about it was George Kittle was, you know, the feature insofar as the, the props that we get for our team, right? Like mm-hmm. defensively, we get tons of props just as a collective, nobody individually except for Nick Bosa because he's white and George Kittle. You know what's crazy? Sorry to cut you white. off, but <laughs> what's where's up? the love for Richard Sherman? Oh, no, no, no. He, he, he told He told the streets. He let them know. But he let the streets all, know. All of the best stats to them, like nobody's throwing it aside. Like no, it's bro. completely shut down. No, bro. He's he's like the old Richard Sherman, like straight up. Like he's locking down a, a completely different side of the field. And when they have thrown to him and fucked up, it's it's curtains. He yeah, I think I only seen him drop one interception this year, like one potential interception that he could have had. Outside of that, he caught everything, he's deflected things that's been in his vicinity, and they're just not throwing to him. But now nah, George Kittle had one of those games where he just strictly was blocking, man, and it was cool to see how the team bought into the whole we're going to run the ball and we're going to win this game by force. Like 27 to 10 is a score that, you know, it shows that you were dominant, but at the same time, it's not indicative of how we dominated, you know? 
that score might have been it might as well have been fifty to ten because they just never had a chance. After they had nothing. Get the rolling, it was just over. They couldn't do nothing. And, and that's the little. part that made me sad. But I'm like, come on, man, at least fight a little bit, like. <laughs> Change up something. Well, that's throw that's a trick my, play in there at least. Well, that's my problem with Mike Zimmer, man. I, I feel like, you know, I know they got uh, Stefanski was calling stuff and it was Kubiak's playbook. And, you know, we definitely got to we gotta hit a little side note with that too. But but I'm going to hit it within this because it, it's relating to two coaches in this game or two assistant coaches in this game. But they didn't take a shot down the field. Like they didn't test us. You know what I mean? No. Like they weren't trying to take the top off and, I know it's because Kirk didn't have time in the pocket like that, but it also you can tell that the plays weren't long developing plays. He was still trying to get the ball out quickly, and it just wasn't working in his favor. And I felt like that just did a disservice to him. The receivers are getting no separation. That didn't really help batters either. Yeah, receivers not getting separation. But like, let's say you you know it's a you know it's an out route or you know it's a crossing route and everything is shallow and it's you know it's within ten yards and you're Kirk Cousins and you're constantly looking for that. Well, when that heat is coming, you know that the play is only going to go right there anyway. So you're not going to run and scramble your ass off. But maybe if it's a play where you know you're gonna you got to throw the ball 25 yards down the field on a dime or something like that. Maybe he can bootleg out of it. Maybe you can move to the shotgun and do something. And this isn't me giving them suggestions to beat us. This is me just observing football for what it is. You'll never win if you don't take a shot. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it was it was pretty interesting that um but just to go back a little bit when um the Ravens went forward on fourth and one and were denied in the first play. Tennessee just threw a 50-yard bomb. I was like, they came to win. You know what I mean? Like, that's how you're supposed to play football when the pressure's on the line. Sometimes you just got to take a shot. I ain't saying take a whole bunch of bombs, but sometimes you just got to do it. To let you just got to see where the mental mind frame everyone is. Yep. And let that defense know, hey, fuck around if you want. We'll air this shit out. You, like know? you better be on your P's and Q's or we're going to throw it right behind your ass. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, for the most part, man, I felt like this game was what it was. We took care of business. We handled what we were supposed to handle. But the little side note I wanted to hit was mm-hmm. Stefanski was uh, picked up as the Browns or hired as the Browns head coach. Right. They interviewed Robert Sala, which is our defensive coordinator for people who don't know, and decided to go in a different direction. Now, I'm not saying this because he's my defensive coordinator, but like that is a clear indication of how dumb an organization can be to where the most recent point of evidence is one candidate that you're looking for dominated the other candidate and you're going to pick the candidate that got dominated. Yeah, that's ass backwards. It is. I know. And I'm going to shoot him a little bit of bail insofar as I can respect you going for the offensive mind because you have Baker Mayfield and you're trying to see what it is. In addition to having, of course, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Like, I get that. But you can't pick the dude that you can't pick the dude that got dominated. <laughs> by yeah, the, he got dominated when the legal. lights were on. Like that's just so dumb. Because if nothing else, Robert Sala showed that Stefanski's not good at his job. And then the thing about you think about the Vikings as a whole. Take Dalvin Cook out the equation. You have no offense really because they're not pushing the ball downfield like that. Which is crazy because you got two quote unquote Pro Bowl talented wide receivers. 
Diggs, yeah, Thielen is iffy to me. But Thielen was hurt this year. Before that, Thielen's been top five in receiving. True. You know what I'm saying? Diggs is the one that sometimes, which is what I said at the beginning of this podcast, Easter famine, bro. Yeah. And that's, and that was indicative last game. He got you one big play, so you think he might get something started, and he ain't give you shit the rest of the game. But then again, that's kind of play calling, too. Like, you're not play calling to get him involved. Yeah, but that goddamn. Is it play calling when we talking about DeAndre Hopkins and he had five different QBs one season? You know, sometimes you got to make some shit happen. You got to go out there and catch the fucking football. <laughs> yeah, you also got to get separation, too, which Dick struggles with. But do something. <laughs> Like push off at least. Try yeah, to bro. Something. <laughs> Throw yeah. an elbow in there or something. Yeah. So looking at that game, I mean, you know, I was happy about it. I was amped and at the end of the game, I knew it was time to move on. Kind of well, I'm not gonna lie, I was disappointed because going in, knowing these two defenses, I'm like, okay, it's gonna be a battle of wills. It'd mm-hmm. be a 17-14, 21-17 type game. Nah, we nope. better than that. <laughs> No, I was giving. I know you might be better than that, but I was yeah. giving Minnesota defense credit because I've seen them when, you know, when it's time to go, they go. See, but this is the thing, man, and this is this isn't me being arrogant or anything like that. One, they don't want to give my offense any credit whatsoever. Like Jimmy G doesn't really get any credit. People want to doubt him. They lo- they like Kittle. You know what I'm saying? They say our running game is cool, but they don't even know who our running backs are outside of Tevin Coleman. They don't really know our running backs like that. Mm-hmm. And so we play in the hardest division, arguably the hardest division in football. And so you're going against great defenses all the time. Like for every Daniel Hunter you got, we saw Jadavian Clowney twice. We saw goddamn Aaron Donald twice. You know what I'm saying? It's not it, it, seeing yeah. seeing Daniel Hunter and Everson and Griffin. That's not gonna rattle us. You know what I mean? True. And so at the end of the day, I just kind of feel like people are underestimating the 49ers for who they are and what they've been through. Oh, just wait. If you guys win the bowl this year, oh baby, that bandwagon's gonna fill up. Yeah, but it's too late. It's too late then. Yeah, for for you, yeah. It's too late for the No, no, no. But. I mean, I welcome I welcome all people to be fans of the 49ers. I'm just saying it's too late for you to look like you have any semblance of intelligence. At that point in time, you just riding the success. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like that's why it's called a bandwagon. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Now, with the outcome of these two games in the NFC, it forced the Packers to go to Santa Clara to play the 49ers. Mm-hmm. I'm vested in this game for an entirely different reason than one may think. <laughs> <laughs> Let me break this down to you. So, as everyone knows, Kyle Shanahan, the current coach of the 49ers, was my offensive coordinator from 2015 to 2016. Right. Under him, on that same staff was Matt LaFleur. Right. Who was our which, quarterback's coach. Which a lot of people may not know. Who is now the head coach in his first year, might I add, of the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. On top of that, there's aforementioned Tevin Coleman, <laughs> Levine Toilolo. Who else is on the 49ers from the Falcons? Let me think. It's one more. Mm. Ben Garland, your starting center. Oh, yeah, that's right. So you're basically the San Francisco Falcons. 
But for me to look at this game and see two head coaches that was once on our staff and to see yeah. our regression from that point that they were on our staff, it just angers me. Because, I mean, go ahead. No, I mean, I definitely can understand that. But go ahead, continue. Don't let me interrupt. It angers me because, one, I'm looking at Dan Quinn now and see how far he regressed. We could have made Kyle Shanahan the coach at one point. We could have been like, hey, this isn't really working out. He's regressing. Let's let's move this way. Or you know what? Stay our coordinator. And if things don't change, we'll put you in that position. Or even if Kyle Shanahan still chose to go to San Francisco. Hey, Matt LaFleur, be our offensive coordinator. You know the system. Right. This that, guy Sarkeesian clearly isn't working for us. So let's go back to the system that did work for us. And you're kind of the architect of that system. So let's do that. Right, because that's the key. The key there is Kyle Shanahan's probably not going to stay if you don't make him the head coach, right? Right. So I'm with you on that. You can you can say, hey, all right, Kyle, let's give Dan Quinn one more year. And if he's not working, we're going to promote you to head coach. Not answer him, just straight head coach. Kyle says, no. You say, cool. You're perfect. You're, you're 100% correct saying, hey, Matt LaFleur. You could be our OC. What's cracking? Instead of going to hire Steve Sarkeesian, and we <laughs> immediately regress. Immediately. Like the very next season. We go from averaging 38 points per game. No, excuse me. 33.5 per game. The eighth most all-time to averaging 22 yeah, in a matter tough. of seven months. Yeah, that's tough. And then we turn around and give him another year, and we regress even further. And by that time, Matt LaFleur is off in L.A., Making them a dynamic offense. And we're just sitting here like, yeah, Which Sarkeesian. <laughs> and where's Sarkeesian now? Is is he at Bama? I think he might have got fired from Bama. Yeah, bro, I, I can't even remember, man. I can't even remember. But that that's crazy. That is crazy. So I'm just sitting here like we had all well. Tolalo was garbage. He doesn't start for y'all anyway. He's a blocker at this point. Uh huh. But I look at Tevin Coleman. Yep. He's always been available, mm -hmm. but we decided to keep Devontae Freeman and pay him all this money. He's barely on the field. And when he's on the field, he doesn't produce. So I'm looking at that like, yeah, we gave the wrong guy the money. In a way, yeah, but I think I think the biggest thing about it for both of them, mm -hmm. I feel like they're they're the perfect backs for a two-back system. Like mm -hmm. some running backs you see, they can be a bell cow back. And then other backs you see, they're just perfect for like a two-back situation. Mm -hmm. And so I think those two-back systems that you see that are working so great, you never, you're never supposed to split them up. You're never supposed to choose one. Like I give Carolina props for doing that for all those years with D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart because mm -hmm. the Cowboys didn't do that with Julio Jones. I mean, Julius Jones and uh, Marion Barber. Yeah, right. The minute they got rid of Jones and gave Marion Barber all the money, Marion Barber regressed. But back when Jones was there, he was taking the bulk of the carries. It, it had the ability of letting Marion Barber be fresh, which is kind of like how the whole Williams and Stewart thing was. And it was the perfect situation for Freeman and Coleman, you know, which is now the perfect situation for y'all in San Francisco because you have a three headed monster back there. Exactly. So even if one goes down, you still have a split back system. Yeah, man, and we still got a fourth running back that doesn't get any burn because we got three on the roster, Jeff Wilson Jr. That dude's going to be a problem. That's what I'm saying. 
So, so yeah. yeah, I'm just sitting here just angry at things. But I did get some information today from my boy, Maserati Roy. Okay. Apparently, my squad is coming out with new jerseys in April. <laughs> that ain't going to help. You got the same coach. <laughs> Look, man. Look, I'm trying to trying to find some light somewhere. I just want the jerseys to be fired. That's all. Hey, man. I respect it, man. I respect it. Because at this point, it's like yeah, we're signing it for another year. Of bullshit. Unless things dramatically change. Well, I mean, I like Raheem Morris as a coach. You know what I'm saying? And I, I think I think I think the biggest part about y'all that was so disappointing was of course we both said it but one because it's your team and two just because I got eyes the talent was there you know what I mean and so it's it's not like a, it's not like you got to do a big overhaul in talent you know maybe it's just the approach to the game schematically and from an attitude standpoint that's gonna that's gonna really change some things for y'all you well, is mean? that, and we have to resign Austin Hooper and get rid of some people. I mean, yeah, but now listen, you got to pick a side of the ball, and obviously you're going to pick the offensive side. But it's like the defense was was damn good when they wanted to be good. You know what, that's I mean? so what I'm saying? It's just weird, you know. It's been one of those years for me, but that's my rant for today. You won't get too <laughs> many of these on the podcast, but I just happened to notice that, like. This past weekend, like, wow, look at all these Falcons flourishing. And the last time the Packers were in that NFC championship game, they played against us where they got destroyed. So yeah, there's man. that. Yeah, man. I feel like I feel like the whole Kyle Shanahan thing was going to be beneficial to us. As soon as we got him, I was super duper happy. And when they said that we were on Lynch, I wasn't mad. I was just interested in how that was going to go. But I thought the beautiful part about getting John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan at the same time was it afforded Kyle Shanahan to just be a head coach. You know, there's nothing extra that you got to do, bro. Just prove that you're a good head coach. And um, he definitely has a way with player development. He definitely has a way with doing things schematically on the field that, that seem to work in our favor more times than not, as long as the pieces are there. And he also showed me one thing that I really like about, you know, just life in general, not to get all philosophical, but I like when you learn a life lesson. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, you know, you get put in position to fail, like, and you're just so angry or so disappointed or so hurt with the failure that you don't really take out what you need to take out so that that never happens again. And that is something that he definitely did. Regardless of who you want to blame for losing that particular Super Bowl, the problem was a lot of people felt like he all stopped running the ball and a lot of people put that on Kyle Shanahan. And it was very beautiful to watch him say, you know what, when we're playing the Vikings right now, we got this lead. They can't stop the run like the Patriots couldn't stop the run in the Super Bowl. And he just kept running that ball. And no matter how boring it seemed to be during that game, he just kept running Tevin Coleman. And so, and that's part of the reason I was so pissed off watching the game. I'm like, where was this rationale three years ago? Sometimes you just got to learn, bro. You do, but... Because because at the end of the day, if mm -hmm. you want to be honest, he didn't lose that game by himself. No, no, it was a myriad of things. You know what I'm saying? The defense had to fail, too. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, but then again, the defense failed because they were constantly out there because we were constantly going three and out from not running the ball. I mean, shit. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny, but you're up 20, 28 to three. But you still should be able to keep scoring. I mean, which you should also be able to run the clock down, too. You should, but I mean, that's a lot of points to let happen. You know, that's, it's a difference if it's only 14, you know what I mean, or something right. like that. Like, that's a lot of points for a defense to just. Well, I'm not excusing the defense either, but yeah. some things led to that. Yeah, but it, was, but it was it was definitely cool to see that he learned that that lesson, man. Well, damn it, I wish he learned that shit after 2016. Like after we had one. I mean, that's just a that's a weird game, man. Like man, Anytime if we had won the Super Bowl, I wouldn't have given up. Fuck, what happened after that? Oh, for sure, for sure. Because then he would have went to San Francisco, and then you'd have been like, "Well, we can't keep everybody, but you got that ring to hold on to." Uh, like, go ahead, go do your thing. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was this weekend. Yeah, man. This weekend. I'm looking forward to this weekend coming up. I'm interested to see how things go. Not gonna lie. What do you think? What's your your honest prediction? Like you could you could count it as your prediction. I mean, it's only two games, but just give me what you really think is gonna happen. Well, let me not get into the predictions yet. I just okay. want to, you know, acknowledge a few things that also took place this week. Okay. So our guy, Jimmy Johnson, former yeah. head coach of the Miami Hurricanes, Miami Dolphins, and the Dallas Cowboys, was selected to the 2020 class of the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Super happy about that. Super excited. Yeah, he deserved it. It was ridiculous that he didn't make it earlier. Yeah, he should have made it at least 10 years ago. I mean, yeah, I mean, you won back-to-back Super Bowls and you're a college national champion. Like, come on, man. It's football. Right. What are we talking about? <laughs> and also, Bill Cowher, former coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, was also selected to that same class. Yeah, I'll just say congratulations. Bill Cowher was a different type of coach to me, man. <laughs> okay. Is that, is that something you have some disdain in your voice just now? It's not really disdain, man. It's just, you know, man, it's... He didn't really do a lot, in my opinion. You know? I mean, he did win a bowl. Mike Tomlin won a bowl. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But let's, not, let's not act like winning a bowl is just easy. It's not easy, but I remember years of Bill Cowher having Kevin Green and Greg Lloyd and other people back there, like on the defense, and they ran the ball hard. They played tough defense. And he held the clipboard, and he was spitting all the time, and they lost. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, those quarter off tour days. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Like it was it was a lot of shit he did that didn't really work. But, you know, that's cool if we gonna put Bill Cowher in the Hall of Fame. Like, that's cool. But it's a lot of coaches when their time comes up, man. I ain't trying to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> you like who? I should man, listen, don't you shoot it on Tony Dungy. I don't wanna hear none of that. Throw him in there. ASAP. Stop playing. Oh, no, Tony Dungy need to be in there like now. Stop playing. Right. Stop playing. He made the whole Tampa 2 defense dip, let John Gruden get a freebie, and then still went and got one. Stop playing, man. Like, Bill Cowell wasn't really that nice. <laughs> Truth be told, Tony Dungeon put John Lynch in the position he's in now, because without that Tampa 2 defense, exactly. John should have never had a name. Exactly. To be trusted like that. Exactly. Tony Dungy's supposed to be in the Hall of Fame. You know what I'm saying? Like, Bill Cowell, like, he was all right. He was just there in Pittsburgh for a really long time. You gotta he remember, he, Pittsburgh is one of those darling teams with I a history. Are you a darling team or not? He got. I know one. we don't care. 
He got one of the six, bro. He got one. Tom, yeah, I think Indianapolis got what? Two? Indianapolis only got one. Who they got the one that Dungey got. Yeah, no, I'm somebody in that was as an organization. Mm-hmm. Do they have one because they used to be the Baltimore Colts? Like that, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, they'd be dipping into my. I don't know. I ain't got that one. I ain't got it. Yeah, wait, hold on. Baltimore Colts. That's Johnny Unitas. He had to win one, right? You know what? Let me stop guessing and look it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, man. Like Bill Cow was cool and all. Like I ain't saying he's he's ass or nothing. I'm just saying, bro. He ain't no. You know what I mean? Like, nah. <laughs> like, just watching football, man. He's no, he's no Sean Payton. And, uh, I don't even think he's Andy Reid, low key. And I know Andy Reid ain't oh, one damn. of them. Shit, Andy Reid, Andy Reid was cooking. Okay, so prior to Tony Dungy, they had one ring in 1971. Yeah, makes sense. So, but yeah, Tony Dungy better be the fucking there. Man, listen, hey, Bill Coward, congratulations. <laughs> And damn it, if Bill Cowell were getting in there off one, then Mike Tomlin better be throwing in there, too, when his time was coming. That's what I'm trying to say, bro. If he going to get in there off of the strength of getting a Super Bowl for the damn Steelers, Mike Tomlin better have no problems whatsoever getting in there. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm getting at. It's a lot of coaches that's just supposed to run right in there. Like As soon as Sean Payton retires, he should get in. He's a better coach than Bill Cowell. No, he's Sean Payton, but he's definitely a Hall of yeah, Can't man. deny that. Yeah, man. Shit. Well, also, it's been a few retirements within the past 48 hours. Mm-hmm. So one of the greatest tight ends of all time, in my opinion, Antonio Gates decided to hang up his cleats. Yeah, man. That's that's dope, man. I mean, he's played for a really long time. And so I'm yeah. not sitting up there looking at it like it's even sad. Hopefully he, he can find a way to get in there first ballot. I don't know how the media feels about him, but, you know. I mean, he had no off-the-field incidents. He's got numbers. He just doesn't right. have a ring. What else do you want from him? Yeah, and Tony Gonzalez got in there for his ballot, and he ain't got a ring either. Right. It was basically him and Tony Gonzalez going back and forth. Like, hey, That's it. That's it. We're the top two tight ends. Yep. So he better get in there. Yeah, I, think, I, I, I definitely think he earned it. But also, there was a surprise retirement today as well. Yeah, long overdue. You think so? Man, when that man got that concussion and was crying, I thought he was supposed to end that back then. Well, if you don't know who my uh, partner is referring to, he's referring to Luke Keekley, middle linebacker at the Carolina Panthers. A thorn in my fucking side since he got in the, in the league. Respect. Respect, he, though. I mean, he's he, a talented player. He's definitely talented. Yeah, now, exactly. I don't know if he's one of the greatest linebackers of all time. Like, they, the narrative they might try to push come tomorrow. They better fucking not. That dude won't even the best in his, in his generation. Oh, 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 but they will. You know you know how this goes. Man, he couldn't hold a candle to Patrick Willis. And he won't really better than Navarro Bowman. You know how the media goes. I'm going to say it again. I know, because they swear Mike, they swear Brian Erlacher could play football. Brian Erlacher's my guy. Don't do that. <laughs> All right. He's just the slowest linebacker of all time. He was a hitter, but he wasn't he wasn't fast, but he was a hitter. <laughs> oh Damn man. He was a short, but shit. All we already had that, that conversation. That's more Lance Briggs than anything. Right. That's it. There it is. Briggs, Briggs, go help me, Briggs. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, Kiku retired today at the age of 28. As you said, with those prior concussions, he should have been done. 
Yeah, man, that's that's no shade at like the way he plays. I'm not I'm not even trying to be funny, man. Like all jokes aside, it, that dude took some. It, it would be like it felt like it would happen once a season for a couple of years, even on that that Super Bowl run they had, where he would just make a play, hit somebody really hard, and you know he'd be concussed. Yeah, he's like a fucking freight train. Yeah, that's just dangerous, man, because you don't want anybody to be like, you know, depressed or, you know, have, you know, bouts and issues with CTE. CTE, you know, they can't yeah. determine it until you pass away, but, you know. Like you, a junior sayow, may he rest yeah, in peace. Exactly. You don't want to see that at all, so. Hell, I mean, even an Aaron Hernandez. Yes, and his documentary drops tomorrow on Netflix. If you if you're listening to this, this is on a Tuesday. We'll be dropping this on a Thursday. So the next the next yeah. time you hear this, the doc will be out, and I will be tuned in. Very true. Very true. So yeah, happy retirement, Keely. Yeah, I mean I know you're happy, but you know respect to him. But honestly, I can't say that I'm happy because you know. He was a thorn in my side, but I also respected it because of that. I respected him, but I'm only happy because I, I would hate to see him play three more years because he's a physical specimen that can do that. He can run. He's strong as hell, but his brain can't take this game. And there's I'd rather him leave on there's his no own terms. Yeah, there's no shame in that. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. I'm happy he's leaving on his own terms. I'm happy about that. But as far as like going against him, yeah, I'm gonna miss the guy. No respect to that, man. But no. yeah. Carolina's going further in the basement. Yeah, it's gonna, we're going to have to see what Matt ruled us. Let's <laughs> not. Let's not say we did. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. All right, let's get down to these predictions. Sure. So we got the Titans going in the arrowhead at 305 on mm-hmm. Sunday. Now, the Titans stopped the, the Ravens, who were our run first team. The right. Chiefs are not that. No. By any stretch. Nope. There's one of stuff to call for me because I can no longer sleep on the Titans. I have to give them their respect. They Buffalo build you, huh? And I don't mean the character from the Silence of the Lamb. I mean like the Buffalo Bills. They really did it because that's what happened to the Bills. Yeah. You know? They they, they woke me up. They proved proved themselves to me. I was like, all right. Okay. I don't think they're going to win this game. No, I mean, man, I feel you. But they're definitely, they have my respect. Okay. To knock off Brady and then knock off the MVP. Okay. Uh, Gotta earn my respect with that. I mean, I, you know, I feel like it's funny, right? Because mm-hmm. the Titans were put in this odd position where everybody wanted them to come in and do the dirty work and beat the Patriots, right? And then, you know, once they beat the Patriots, Everybody's happy about that. And then last week we were like, well, you know, if they mess around and beat Baltimore, they're going to fuck the playoffs up. We said that verbatim. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't fuck this up, Tennessee. Yeah. And, and they did, right? But respect to them because, you know, you're not supposed to go out there and try to lose, right? So my only thing is this. When it comes to them and and how well they're going to play, the only thing I ask of these Tennessee Titans is to make it a game, win or lose. Yeah. Just make it a game. Because when Kansas City wakes up, they wake up. Yeah. But I still don't trust that Kansas City defense. 
Okay. I mean, I, I it's a weird situation with that defense, right? Because I don't think last week's game was indicative of how well they played. There were some mistakes made early that allowed that point spread to get like to the point that it was. But once they stopped the bleeding and, you know, Tyron Matthew was out there covering pretty well, helping out there, you know, in the safety position, I just feel like they, you know, they did what they were supposed to do as a defense. But well, my thing is, if they can't stop the bleeding this go around, what are they going to do? Yeah. What if Kansas City doesn't wake up like they did? Well, here's the thing. How do you feel about that Week 10 loss? Because they did play in Week 10, and the Tennessee Titans beat them 35-32 to 32 in Tennessee. That's when they blocked the field goal, right? Right. That is when they blocked the field goal. Yeah, that was in Tennessee though. It's a different. It was in Tennessee. Do you feel like playoffs? You feel like? Do you feel like there's a game plan that could be orchestrated by Mike Vrabel through that game, or do you just think it was fluky for what it was? I won't say it was fluky because they came out with a victory. No no victory is ever fluky. Yeah, and that's what I'm going to put up. Can they repeat it? I'm not sure they can. All right. You you think you know how much Tannehill threw for in that game? Well, like 55? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Ryan Tannehill's ass. But no, he threw for 181. Wait, is yeah. that what he threw for like two touchdowns and everybody, oh, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill's back? He's a good he's a, well, he's he guy now. He had a big game before that, but they lost. But yeah, I think that was one of the games. And then he had he beat Jacksonville forty-two to uh, twenty the next week, or after that bye week. But he threw for one eighty-one in that game, and Derrick Henry rushed for one hundred eighty-eight yards. Sounds about right. Right, and so with all that, I'm gonna just be honest with you. I feel like. Tennessee is the team, like, you know how, like, they always say you don't want to play a particular team. Like, people even say that about us. Like, you don't want to play San Francisco. Mm. But I don't mean it from the standpoint that you don't want to play them because they're that good. It's because they are that complete of a team, but they don't have any respect. And they got a chip on their shoulder. They got a chip on their shoulder, and they don't have high expectations. Like, Kansas City is going to be well, all the Pat Mahomes love and praise that's going on, all the Pat Mahomes, uh, you know, love. I think a lot of these people just going to pick them outright. Like, they're going to pick it to be a slaughter. They're going to think he's about to hang up another 51 points. And my issue with that is most people don't even hang up 51 points back-to-back like that. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if you even if you were playing two bum teams, like, I don't want to say that man sat up there and, and threw his arm out or anything like that because that's not true. But hey man, it's not a it's not an easy it's not an easy thing to come back and do after you you know wearing that arm out like that. Right, and he's still kind of rusty. He's not all the way back yet. Yeah, but I mean, I take a rusty pad. That's cool because because his weapons are so dope. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, but but I also look at it like. Tennessee's been, what is this, like the fifth straight game they played? Mm-hmm. So they're a little more run down than the Chiefs who had a week off before this past game. In a way, yeah. So I think you, that plays into it. In a way, you're right. But because they're a running football team, I don't really think that hurts much. Like, Tannehill's arm should be fresh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The only person you should really be worried about is Derrick Henry from carrying this whole squad on his back. That's what I'm saying. If Derrick Henry, you know, can't get going or 
God forbid, gets injured, what are you going to do? Well, I mean, you know, that's definitely the, the the kryptonite in this situation. But I think the biggest thing you can count on with that whole Derrick Henry thing is you can run the Artemis direction as Tannehill is capable of doing anything. You know, you can make it seem like it's going to be something from Derrick Henry because he's been giving you so much. And maybe you could use him heavy in the passing game, you know, or something different just to get him out of that routine or just pounding against people. But mm-hmm. that's coaching at that point. Well, like we said earlier, coaching plays a lot in these playoffs games. Yeah, Mike Brable's been coaching his ass off, so a lot of respect to him. But uh, with all that said, I'm picking the Chiefs. Yeah, I already, I already put us down for the Chiefs. I already knew yeah. what time it was. Yeah, I mean, just just respect. I mean, they play in the Arrowhead. Pat Mahomes is dynamic. You got Tyreek Hill. You got Travis Kelsey, of course. You got Hardman, Paws. You got the Williams boys, but mainly Damian Williams running out of the backfield. It's it's weapons there. You know, and you have Shady on the bench, just in case. Yeah, and, and that's true. That's very true. You got Shady on the bench. Now, I don't know what the weather's supposed to be like, but if this did turn into like an inclement weather game, that would definitely benefit Tennessee. So we just got to keep our eyes on that, too. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. All right, the game you're most vested in. Oh, show. Packers at the Niners at 6.40 p.m. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a good one. So a lot of storylines here. Okay. Because you have Kyle Shanahan, who was OC, as I stated earlier, of the Falcons when we smoked the Packers. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's going to be playing in the back of Aaron Rodgers' mind somewhere. Mm-hmm. He's going to have another shot to go get another ring because he hasn't won one in, what, a decade? Right. Not saying he'll win. If he was to win one, he would retire, but he wouldn't mm-hmm. have much else to play for yeah. at that point. Yep. But looking at this game objectively as an outsider, yes, the Packers defense played well, mm-hmm. but I don't know if they can hang with the 49ers offense if the 49ers offense gets going early. Right. No slight to Aaron Rodgers, though. I just don't trust that Packers defense. Mm hmm. Because you guys have more weapons than the Seahawks. Yeah, for sure. As so, tough as the Seahawks plays us, and they, as, as tough as they play us, I kind of feel like we're definitely the more talented roster by mm-hmm. far. You know, they just play us well. Mm hmm. So. You know what? By playing a mobile quarterback twice a year, you know how to deal with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he he. And the sad part about it is he's not even going to have the mobility that he would like to have because we're so stout in the pass rush. Right. And if anything, you could play the Mike Vrabel, and, you know, send guys, but also have a spy. Yeah, but that ain't going to be necessary. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. I mean, the only way I could really see the, the Packers giving us hell is if we turn that ball over. You know, we had one game this season when we played the Pittsburgh Steelers at home and we won the game, but it was like week two. I'm pretty sure it was week two. And we turned the ball over four times. And not only did we turn it over four times, we turned it over four times in the red zone. I think the key to to beating Aaron Rodgers is not giving him multiple opportunities. They got those under the Williams boys. No, Smith boys. Smith boys. Damn, I knew it was one of them names. Smith boys. It's Darius, and I forgot the other one. There we go. Don't make me make one up. Yeah, no. but I do. I do remember Darius, and I forgot the other one. It's like ninety-one and fifty-five or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, they they have the ability to have the biggest impact on the game because they can make our running backs fumble or they can sack Jimmy G and he'll cough that ball up or, you know, 
we could throw a pick and that could put them in the game. But primarily, I'm scared of the fumbles, not as much as I am the interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, there, That's a way or lane in. But I don't really feel like they'll be able to run the ball at all. I think Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are going to have a horrible, horrible afternoon slash evening. And I think Devontae Adams, you're going to have to pull a Julio Jones. Like, you know, when we played against Atlanta this year, Julio Jones killed us, like, and not just that play at the end of the game, but it. No, he was eating the entire game. Yes, exactly. That is what's going to have to happen. They're going to have to tap that well dry because Jimmy Graham sucks. That's not happening. And that's our guy too. I hate to say that's not happening. I know, I know he is, but that's not happening. You know what I mean? Not on that defense. Not with Quan Alexander being back. Not with D Ford being back to do the pressure. Quan and the and Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw, the rookie linebacker that's making plays out there. They not. But you know the difference is between the time that we played y'all and now you have Richard Sherman. So Sherman can shadow Devontae. Exactly. But the you biggest take him thing out the game. It, who else is stepping up? But the biggest thing about it is Sherman can be beat with a prolific wide out. Like, I wouldn't even sit up there in front of Julio Jones. Like, if Richard Sherman was out there, he wouldn't have got his. He still would have got his. He would have won the game, but he wouldn't have got his. Oh, Sherman has gotten his. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, I just kind of feel like right now we're just stout on everything. Mm -hmm. And we just have to play mistake-free football to go to the Super Bowl. I honestly believe you're going to win this game. Like, it feels like it's destined to happen. It does. And I think the league wants the 49ers back in the Super Bowl because of the history. You don't think they want Aaron Rodgers in there because of the name? Possibly. But the way y'all been playing this year, I mean, y'all started out 8 0. Yeah. Y'all have been a consistent storyline throughout the season. Yeah, even though they didn't want to push it because we only have one player that they consider to be like a sexy player, and that's George Kittle. Like everybody else, we're just a collective, man. Yeah. We're like a mob. You know what I mean? But see, the one reason why I'm riding with y'all is, I mean, this might sound a little shady, but mm-hmm. if Aaron Rodgers was to get another ring, the <laughs> nut hugging they would do with Aaron Rodgers would be astronomical. And I do not want to hear that. I mean, you know, if Aaron Rodgers were to get, you know, in the position to get another ring, I don't know what that does for him all time. Because, granted, I, I mean, I, it don't help him. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting up there saying it's not going to help him, right? So maybe maybe they'll put him in a situation where it's like Aaron's got two and Breeze only has one, right? But Aaron doesn't have any of the records that Breeze has. You know what I'm saying? Right. Tom Brady has cast this big shadow over everybody that's played in his generation or he's overlapped to the point where I think that's what truly diminished Aaron Rodgers' legacy. Tom Brady mm. just won too much. Nobody had ever seen any any quarterback win six Super Bowls. So if Tom Brady would just have four Super Bowls and Aaron Rodgers would have had two, everybody would have been able to look at it and say, damn, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he got two Super Bowls and his arm was already better than Brady. The eye test tells you. But when you got six Super Bowls, bro, in the same generation, it just ain't going to work. But as you said earlier, some of those should have asterisks on them. Man, they yeah, they cheated. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, they they still got them. That's how they. That's how right. That's how we remember it. You know what I'm saying? We remember it as successful. Mm, What a way to live. Yeah, because think about it, man. Before 
before um, Brady won all those Super Bowls, just the last three, before he won the last three, you could see how, like, in the NFL, you could you could be somebody. Like, you could quickly become, like, one of those quarterbacks. Like, a Brett Favre would have never survived today with these standards. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wouldn't They're be remembered as a Brett Favre. Right. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have been remembered as the Brett Favre that we know now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because he didn't play in that era with Brady. Like, you know, even then, Brett Favre was a little overrated. Well, I mean, he was super overrated, but that's the whole beauty of it. You know what I'm saying? All you needed was one to solidify you. Yeah. Now, you need a cool three just to be somebody because Ben Roethlisberger has two, Eli Manning has two, Peyton Manning has two. You know what I'm saying? So if you ain't got the two, you're not even in the conversation with them championship-wise. Right. And then you get down to the guys who had one. There ain't right. too many. Man, shit. They even deserve to have, be in the conversation. It's basically mm-hmm. Rodgers and Breeze. Yeah. You're right. Well, Russell Wilson. Oh, him too. Yeah. But they're not going to get Russell that credit. But see, Russell Wilson has the ability to to pull one or two off in the end of his career and really make it look good, even if it's not with True. the Seahawks. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just say he pulls a Kurt Warner. You know how Kurt Warner, you know, got his with um with the Rams, and then he turned around and almost got one with the Cardinals. Like, right. You know, it's it's it it would have done something. It would have been crazy. So. You know, he still has that opportunity. And Rodgers will damn near have to reel off two more. Now, if he back-to-back it, it'd be cool. You want some John Elway? Yeah. But if you think about it, if he doesn't make it, right, not even including Tannehill, but we can include Tannehill just for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. If the 49ers beat, beat Green Bay, we will officially have a young QB, like, as the champion. It's either going to be Pat Holmes, who's super young. It's going to be Jimmy G, which will start a whole crazy narrative. You know what I mean? Or, God forbid, Tannehill pulls it off. I feel like if Tannehill pulls it off, he'll be looked at more like a Trent Dilfer QB than anything else. I think that would be one in spite of. Yeah, it'll kind of be looked at like Derrick Henry Super Bowl. It would really be looked at as a Tannehill joint. What do you mean, like the Ravens defense a few years ago? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what, though? I, I didn't really look at that as a Ravens defense Super Bowl, to be honest with you. I mean, I appreciated it. I appreciated, like, Ed Reed and, and Ray Lewis being there. But we scored a lot of points. No, I'm yeah. not saying as far as, like, the outcome of the game. I'm talking about the season as a whole. Yeah, I just think Flacco doesn't get enough credit for being Flacco. Because that's really what happened. Okay, I could be I could be in that primary group that doesn't give him much credit. Because, because if you remember... Yeah, they're gonna Ray Lewis had broke his arm. Yeah, he had those casts on. And he was and he was done for like most of the season and then came back for the end of the season in the playoff run. You know, Flacco had to keep that ship afloat. Not gonna lie, now that I'm thinking about that game, I'm kinda hating on y'all a little bit. Yeah. You know what? I'm not gonna reiterate it. (laughs) But yeah. So we're gonna see what happens, bro. All that said, I'm picking the Niners to win. So Man, you know what it is over here. Yeah, bang, I already, bang, I already wrote it down. <laughs> but if y'all lose, you're gonna be sitting right here on the couch with me. I mean, that's that's the beauty of football, bro. You know, I, I'll never be overzealous and 
hit you with a there's no way we can win situation, but it's pretty good. It's pretty, it's lined up pretty good for us because the most dangerous matchup would have been Seattle just because they play us so well. You know, I think we would have beat Seattle, but I think what this Green Bay game does for us is it takes the pressure off of playing a division foe and playing somebody that's historically given us some trouble. And it takes the emotion out of it for Richard Sherman. And we are just able to focus on playing a good team that we already beat. Right. Yeah. Right. I think that's it, man. That's, that's everything on my docket. Yes, sir, bro. I'm just looking forward to it, man. Yeah. Because we only got, what, three weeks? Yeah, that's it. Three weeks with a bye week in between. It's not even really a bye week because it's a Pro Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I know so nobody watches the Pro Bowl, but <laughs> believe it or not, I actually watched the Pro Bowl, but I know what it is, man. It's, it's just not, a scrimmage. It's, yeah, it really is. It's just like, hey, who wants to come play? Yeah, who's throwing passes? Oh, he caught that. Like, yeah. And it's not even anymore because it's in fucking Orlando. Yeah. No disrespect to Orlando, but it's like. Yeah, it ain't the same as being in Honolulu. Right. And the jerseys are trash, too. Yeah, man. They they not by week. I like seeing all the little extra shit that they be having on the NFL Network, like the little skills challenges and shit like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, man. So as the season draws to a close, we're gonna announce some things later on. Yep. But we will get to that. But as of right now, this has been the Gridiron Guys podcast with your boy Sean Pesos and your boy Russ Digi. Y'all be safe out here. Be blessed. Y'all can find us on Instagram with the Gridiron Guys Podcast. Y'all can rate, subscribe, and listen on all DSPs. Those that do listen, we appreciate you. Those that comment, we appreciate you. We are out of here. Indeed.